With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter with the 212th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons went down 40-39 to tonight to the Dallas Cowboys in a debacle of a game. They blew a 20-point lead, 20 to nothing lead. They were up 29-10 to at the half. They had 15, a 15-point 15 lead with 4.45 to go and managed to lose the game. Utter mismanagement, uh, defense, porous play. Uh, 12 men on the field penalty. Uh, you know, it was just a total failure of uh, putting together a good football game. We're going to look at some of the issues here um, uh, in the game and just some of the, the, the phenomenal, phenomenal numbers that came out of this game as the Falcons dropped to 0-2. And we're going to title this episode, Good Teams Don't Blow 20-Point Leads. So that's where we're at right now. The Falcons lose 40-39 on a 46-yard field goal by Greg Gleg Zerline at the buzzer. Another epic failure by the Falcons. Of course, you're going to bring up the uh, 28-3 Super Bowl collapse. This was likened to it. You had a game. If you had a running game, you could um, run out the clock and go to victory. But your running game's no good. Uh, averaging 3.3 a carry. Gurley held to 61 yards on 21. Uh, attempt. So when it's time to run out the game, you can't run out the game. You end up stopping the clock for the other teams. So that's a familiar refrain. They built this line. They should have been able to run block. And, and I mean, just line up and run, get an eye formation, do something, uh, you know, run the clock out. And they couldn't do it. I know, uh, you know, Coach Smith and them used to run it out pretty good with Michael Turner. But this, uh, they, they couldn't do it today. So let's look at some of the numbers. Another epic failure. Uh, good friend Mark Bradley uh, was sending me these stats, and uh, uh, I just had to go ahead and put them up online under the headline, Another Epic Failure by the Falcons. And uh, I said, said, when the Falcons do it up, they do it up really big. Falcons had 39 points and zero turnovers in their loss to the Cowboys. Entering Sunday, teams were 440-0. That's right, 440-0-0. When scoring 39 points with zero turnovers since 1933. Woo! When turnovers for first track, and this is according to the Elias Sports Bureau. 440-0. Now they are 441. Okay, according to uh, ESPN Sports and Information, teams were 1,875 and 6 
when leading by 15 or more points in the final five minutes of regulation over the past 20 seasons. The last team to overcome such a deficit was the New Orleans Saints against the Washington Football Club in 2017. So just a, yeah, that's just epic, epic failure on all kinds of levels. So let's look at, we'll go over some of the game notes here. Uh, first road loss of the year. Offense put up 380 total net yards and four touchdowns. 29 points in the first half were the most scored by uh, in the first half by Atlanta since week 17 of 2016 when they dropped 35 on the Saints. Also, the 29 first half points were the most scored in the first half on the road. Uh, since the 35 against San Francisco in week 5 of the 2009 season. Falcons won the turnover battle, 3-0, knocking some fumbles out of there. Uh, they're going to have to knock a couple more if they're going to win. Uh, the Falcons won the time of possession. They really, really didn't matter because they let them come down and score two quick touchdowns in the third quarter to let them get back in the game. Matt Ryan was 24-36 for 237, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 126.3 passer rating. Falcons wasted this performance. He has 11 career touchdowns, 11 career games with at least four touchdowns, the most in franchise history. And uh, Sunday marked the 42nd time, uh, the 42nd career game with at least three touchdown passes, surpassing Fran Tarkenton. 41, George Bulldog, for the 10th most such games in NFL history. Kind of like, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> blow, blow the lead like this. But good for Matt. Calvin really had a good game. 7 for 109, two touchdowns. He uh, he had 130-2 and two in week one, uh, becoming the first player with at least 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns in each of his team's first two games since Pro Football Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison in 1999. Of course, y'all know I compare Ridley to him a lot. Ridley uh, joined wide receiver Andre Risen, former Falcon. I covered him when he was in Green Bay as the only player to accomplish the feat in franchise history. And it's just his 31st game. He tied Julio Jones as the fastest to reach 20 career touchdowns in franchise history. Russell Gage was looking pretty good. Ran hard, had a drop early. Uh, 46 yards, 6 catches, 46 yards, uh, first touchdown of the year. Uh, Julio only had 2 catches. They're, they're hiding that hamstring injury. He clearly was affected by it. He said he was affected by it on the drop touchdown play. He couldn't, um, you know, explode and tried to grab the ball wrong. Um, and uh, uh, that's the way... Um, that's the way that one went. Back here, let me get back on track. Franchise record, he's tied with Roddy with 808, uh, but playing through a bad hamstring. Might just need to sit him down for a week. Hayden Hurst had a career-high five catches for 72 and a touchdown. His first with the Falcons. That was on that nice throwback um, play that the Falcons used to run under Kyle Shanahan, but it was uh, it looked a little slower with Levine Toilolo than it did with... Uh, with Hayden Hurst, he got the ball and got got going there. Demonte Casey had a team high eight tackles, 
Man, he got low on, uh, he had the hole on Zeke Elliott, but he didn't get low enough. <laughs> that was a bad look. He got ran over. Uh, Foyer Olukan, six tackles, career high three fourths fumbles. You know, he had been talking about creating some fumbles, so he went out and did that today uh, before leaving the game with a injured uh, hamstring. Came the first player to force at least three fumbles in a single quarter since uh, Packers DN Vonnie Holiday in week 16 of 2002. I wasn't there in 2002, but I was there when Vonnie got drafted. Dante Fowler had two tackles and a half sack. Grady Jarrett, five tackles, one solo and fumble recovery. Young Way Koo connected on all four of his field goals, 42, 27, 41, and 32, and made three extra points. Since joining the Falcons in 2019, Koo is tied with kicker Dan Bailey, Vikings kicker Dan Bailey, uh, fourth four for the most games with at least four field goals so those are some highlights coming out of the game highlights low lights whatever you want to call it uh, but also um matt ryan is on in uncharted waters first time in his career the falcons have started this season 0 and 2 and let's do the 0 and 2 stats uh, from 2002 to 220 149 teams started this season 0 and 2 According to ProFootballReference.com, 2002 is the last time the league expanded the playoffs. The average finish of those teams is 6-10. and 10. So the odds are, you know, saying the Falcons are the average is 6-10. and 10. A total of 16 of the 149 teams, 10.7% made the playoffs and just won the New York Giants in 07 where it went on to win the Super Bowl. So whatever... One of 149 is, that's what the Falcons' percentage is of winning the Super Bowl. So, um, the uh, best of uh, the best of the 0-2 teams went 12-4 and twice. Uh, the most recent team was the Carolina Panthers in um, 2013. Two teams went 0-16, of course, Detroit and then the Browns in 17. So, that's what... Um, that's the 0-2 mark. The last time the Falcons went 0-2 was in 07 under Bobby Petrino. And that team went to go went on to go 3-13. So that's uh, that's where they're at. They're 0-2. We got Matt Ryan talking about that on there. Uh on AJC.com. And uh you know, he's never been 0-2, so he doesn't know what to do about it. Just said, hey, you know, the basic, we're going to look ahead to Chicago. That's what we need to focus on uh, type of deal. Okay, so that's uh, those are some of the numbers and some of the reasons coming out of that game. Uh, let me see if we get a, get you a little audio here. Uh, you know, you want to um, go to AJC.com. We're going to have you some Julio Jones and what he uh had to say here after the game. And then we show it today. Um, we, we still positive, very positive team. Um, but, you know, it, it sucks when you lose the way we lost today. But um, at the end of the day, we're not going to let it define who we are. We just got to keep getting better. Um, as you can see, like, I mean, we have all the potential without upside for our team. Um, both sides of the ball, we just got to put everything together. How much was your hamstring bothering you? 
you know, it's football, right? So everybody have uh, the nagging injuries here and there, you know. But it's, it's, it's nothing that um, I can't handle. What was the confusion with the front-line guys on the onside kick not attacking and going after the ball? What did it look like from your point of view on the field? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, um, it's just more so some things that, you know, we just got to go over it, over that situation and just, you know, learn from it, right? It's, at the end of the day, we just got to learn that, you know, we got to attack that ball and things like that. I mean, it's nobody to blame. It's all of us. Um, it's just, like I said, the communication and understanding, like, what we need to do in those situations. A year ago, Julio, when things were going south, you stood up and spoke to the team about coming together. Do you feel you need to say something to that effect right now and not get too distracted over the way you lost and this 0-2 start to the year? Oh, not at all. I mean, we have a, a, a very positive team. You guys come out here, and, I mean, they play for, play for one another. And, um, I mean, they play the ass off. You know, um, we just didn't finish the way we wanted to finish. We didn't execute what we wanted to execute later on in the game, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, that's on us. we got to control that um, and just do better next time. In practice, when it comes to that type of onside kick, is there a rule or a situation where you guys can kind of gradually, slowly creep above that 10-yard line and get after it? No, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about communication, right? Um, for us, you know, myself, me, the ball guys, we got to be cautious if the ball get kicked over our head, front line guys, and, and we just got to communicate. Like, if we're going to decide front line guys are going to go attack the ball guys, let's go get it, regardless if it's at five yards, because they can't touch us, can't touch the ball if it's short, right? Or if it's, if it's moving that sh slow like that, it's like I said, in the day communication, front line guys, go get the ball. We cover you up. But, you know, um... It's a, you know, it's a, it's a lesson in, in that. So um, we just we learned from it. So um, you got to move on. That was Julio Jones, and I think the key point there is um, you know, I'm pretty sure they know the rules. Little league teams know the rules, but they had um, a, a deal where they were going. They thought it was going to be a pop up, so the front line didn't know what to do. They were supposed to go block and let Julio be able to go up and get the high ball. But instead, they watched the ball roll for 10 yards when they could have dove on it. He said, we got to attack the ball. And uh, they know, um, you know, that was really hard to watch them lose a game like that. But uh, we're going to um, we're gonna go to uh, – I'm trying to pick the best one here. Really was pretty good, but you, I think you got to listen to the coach after a game like this. So we'll – We'll go to Coach Dan right here. Uh, I'm sure we'll work into that as we're getting into our preparation for next week, but definitely uh, one that uh, that stings. Dan, what was said to the team uh, during the timeout before the onside kick? Yeah, I think in that space what we try to do is if you have a timeout, you want to see if there's an overload to a side, not an overload, but you know, a direction that you're going to see. And so that's what we did. We call that moment, hey, we're just trying to – you know, correct what we're going to see um, if it comes up and uh, look like it was a slow roller as opposed to a high bouncer. And uh, we've got to go capture it, uh, you know, when the moment comes. So I'll get a better view of it tonight, Zach. But from where I saw it was a slow roller and uh, one that we should, you know, make the aggressive move to go get it. Yeah, as with the aggressive move, how does one explain if three of the players on your team do not know they could touch the ball before 10 yards? Well, I think they definitely know. The front three are usually blocking uh, as they're going in, the high bouncers go to the second side. So the front line, uh, generally on an onside kick, they're looking to the, get a block first. Then it goes, you know, the high hop goes to the next player. So 
Um, when that instance happens and it's not one that is a high hopper, then you just transfer in and you go to your ball. But you're looking at your assignment first of who you have to go block to the ball and then your assignment. So they definitely know the rule. Do you plan on any coaching changes immediately, especially on the special team side after today's game? No. Any explanation from the uh, referees on the Michael Gallup catch inside the 10-yard line? Uh, did you see that was the correct call? You know, I thought it was worth the challenge to go for it. Um, they had said it was uh, butt first, then the elbow, so one in, one out, and a bang-bang kind of movement as opposed to the elbow being out first. So uh, we thought, you know, it was definitely worth taking a shot at in that space. The decision, Dan, to go for two points uh, on the touchdown, they made a 26-7. Why was that at that moment a good call? Uh, I thought just at that space, you know, get it to where it goes up to, you know, three scores, you know, you're back to your, you know, normal spacing of, of points to go. So um, more just, you know, chart related to, to get the score going. Not, nothing uh, too deeper than that on that one. In prepping for this game, did you see anything on tape that allowed you to focus on the ball early with those uh, three fumbles forcing the first ten plays of the game? You know, not one that was, uh, you know, something that they showed, you know, poor ball security or, or anything in that space. I thought it was more um, in conjunction with the players really having a mindfulness for it. And it just felt early on in the game, um, you know, there were some bounces. There was a, a PBU. I think uh, Ricardo had one that knocked it up in the air. So um, it just felt like they were really on it, taking shots. Um, but it didn't feel like uh, something that we saw from tape specifically. Your pass coverage was uh, pretty sharp in that first half, Dan, but kind of whittled a little bit in the second. Um, what did you see from the coverages the defense was playing in the secondary to allow the Cowboy passing attack to have some success in that second half? Yeah, I think both things. Both in the run game, they had a few, Zach, um, you know, from a you know success standpoint and converting some third downs, you know, which allowed some drives to go. I don't know what the time of possession was in front of me today. Yeah, time of possession wasn't a matter. 570 yards, man. 5-7-0, 33 first downs. That's not getting it done. That is not getting it done at all on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Calvin Ridley, go to Calvin Ridley here. And, you know, you all um, follow us on Twitter at AJC and the uh, Falcons News Now page on Facebook. And, of course, go to AJC.com and bookmark your Falcons page for all your coverage uh uh, throughout the week, let's get some Calvin Ridley here. He's having quite a game, but, uh, you know, a um, uh, couple touchdown grabs. and But he was on that hands team, too. He wished the ball had came his way. On speed of that from, from someone on the team. We just, it's the whole team's fault. I mean, we got we, we that's a loss for all of us. I mean, we all did something that we, we didn't do right. That's the reason they won. And uh, we just got to... You just gotta have faith in us and, and, and trust us that we're gonna, you know, come back and be stronger and a better team. And I believe in this team, and I believe that we were, we are the better team. We are the better team. Two touchdowns for you. What's, what was your mindset kind of heading into the year and, and having that kind of production today? Super Bowl. My mindset is help the team. If, if, if I'm helping the team and we, you know, whatever I can do for the win. I just want to win games and put the team in a position to, to go to the Super Bowl and playoffs. And if, if that's me catching two, three touchdowns a game, that's what I'll do. I, I believe just from scratching down numbers of who was on on the onside kick, I believe you were on the sideline, but just kind of what's going through your mind when you watch that happen. Uh, I was on the field on the onside. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, 
just crazy. I uh, wish it was my side. Uh, uh, just can't believe it, man. We gotta get that. I wish it. I wish it was me. I would have. I would have. I don't know. We gotta. We, we take that as a as a as a group. We lost it as a group. I've never seen an onside kick like that. But do you guys kind of go over that? And is the rule fall on it, even if it's you know kind of yeah? I mean, you want to fall on it, but it. it, it we, I, what I from what I looked at, the guys. I guess they didn't think it would go ten. So still, we just got. We, we got. We learn. We got to learn from it. Now we know. We got to go get on it right away. Coach Quinn was under a lot of pressure already. How do you think these two losses might reflect on him and his future? Uh, I don't think that has anything to do with it because it's all players. I mean, we we, we the ones that are, are playing. We got to go win. I mean, you just got to be better. There he is, Calvin Ridley, Falcons wide receiver, couple hundred yard games out of the gate. Uh yeah, that's it. We got it covered here. The Falcons uh, dropped 2 0 and 2 on the season. Uh, 10.7 of the 149 teams that have uh, done that have made the playoffs since 2002. So that's a big uh, indicator here early in the season that, um, you know, either they're going to have one of the great rebounds of all times or they're probably headed nowhere. The average is six wins and 10. Losses for teams that start 0-2. So the Falcons, uh, we're going to come back on next week. We'll get you ready for the Chicago Bears game. The Bears are 2-0. and uh, 17-14 win over the Giants. So with that, we're going to, um, you know, we heard from uh, Coach Dan Quinn, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley today on the Bowtie Chronicles. Uh, we're going to get out of here, and we'll come back next Wednesday with a preview of the Chicago Bears. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.